With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We'd like to welcome everybody to a um, not-so-special edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Uh, as we look back at the life and legacy of Sam McKee, we've decided to go without an open um, today and just go kind of right into the show and uh, kind of discuss some things. And uh, we're joined uh, by Mike Bozich, my normal partner. And Mike, the last uh, 24 hours uh, for everybody in the harness racing industry uh, – has not been easy to say the least. No, it certainly hasn't. Uh, let's kind of give a recap of what we can expect on this show. Gabe Pruitt's going to join us. Obviously, we have a park section not going to happen. We're just going to uh, kind of uh, trade stories about the keys. So Gabe's going to be joining us. Gabe, a uh, very good friend of Sam, worked with Sam at uh, Lexington in the Red Mile. So we're going to hear some thoughts from him. I, I believe Darren's going to join us. As a matter of um this was kind of a tough show, really, to put the mic because well, obviously we had our original show, but, but uh, I mean it's it's soon, um, you know. I mean, he passed away yesterday, so we didn't really want to find some of his friends. Um, so what we're going to do instead, and what we have done was we asked people if they chime in with their thoughts or well wishes for the family or condolences for the family, thing like that. So we've got uh, emails gotten text messages we've gotten voice messages to play a little bit later on in the, in the show plus uh we're thing that we never do on this program we're going to uh open up the phone line so if anyone would like to say anything or uh talk about we'll do that at the, at the bottom of the about 1 30 or so so we'll give every phone number if they want to chime in and uh you know just vent to us uh whatever you want to say yeah, we're going to open up those phone lines about 1.30. We've got Gabe Pruitt coming on here in just a moment. We're going to take a very, very quick timeout. When we come back, Mike and I are going to share uh, a brief uh, sentiment uh, from ourselves, and then we'll jump right into Gabe Pruitt. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. The best is the best is bigger and even better at Bet America. We've raised the maximum on our industry-leading sign-up bonus to $400. But like I said, it gets even better. Now, we won't just double your first deposit, we'll triple it. Deposit $20 and get an extra $40. Deposit $100 and get an extra $200. And for the best deal, deposit $200 to get an extra $400 bonus. Get the best deposit bonus today when you sign up at BetAmerica. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. 
For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 equine census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Always be Mickey pacing home strongly. Shambala second. Always be Mickey is heading down to the line. Always be Mickey in 146 world record. We're going to take a little bit of a break from our normal bumpers here in post time with Mike and Mike. Brought to you by Bet America. And uh, Gabe Pruitt is uh, hanging on the line just now. And uh, we're going to uh, real quick. Um, go through uh, our little sentiments. Uh, Mike, do you want to go ahead and start it off? Mike, about a month back, time with Mike and Mike aired Sandy's race to recovery. The show aired after he suffered um, a stroke and hundreds of people called, texted, emailed their well wishes. You know, although Sam took his last breath in his body yesterday, he is far from dead. Sam is alive with legendary race calls. He had so many, including the one you just and it would take a long time to go through his vast catalog of narrations. Sam is alive through the he influenced many of another has sought his advice and guidance throughout the years the two co hosts this very program. Sam is alive through everything he has ever spoken with. His warmth and kindness to people he knew and even people he didn't know made him more than a race scholar. Sam's flesh is no longer with he will never die. People like Sam McKee. You know, years ago, um, when I started getting into this business, uh, you know, I reached out to many people, Roger Houston and Sam McKee specifically. And I reached out to Sam and I can never, I'll never forget the couple of times that I went to go see him on spring break when I was in college. And just, he was so, so, so welcoming. But the one thing that I remember and will always remember about Sam is he had a concern for others. Nelson Mandela said a fundamental concern for others in our individual and community lives would go a long way in making the world the better place we so passionately dreamt of. Sam made this world a better place. He made harness racing a better place. A few weeks before his stroke, he sent me a text while I was announcing at Northfield and he he said to me, quote, 
uh, who is that young kid announcing at Northfield tonight? And I said, that would be me, sir. And I asked him if he was watching, and in general uh, Sam commentary, he said no, but heard you when I was out shaking hands and kissing babies. To this day, those words still echo into my ears. And Sam, to his family, uh, from all of us at Post Time, we um, we we just we express our condolences to our friend. And like you said, Mike, you know he may not be alive here, but he's alive beyond. We're going to bring in Gabe Pruitt now, and Gabe is the Director of Racing Operations and Track Announcer at Pompano Park. But Gabe uh, also works with Sam or worked with Sam McKee at the Red Mile. And, you know, Gabe, the last uh, – we were just talking before you came on. The last 24 hours haven't been easy for anybody. But for you personally, uh, I know the last 24 hours uh, probably haven't been that easy either. No, guys, it's um... – it's been difficult, you know, and uh, words can't really do Sam justice, but you're you're 100% right. Um, you know, he really just took a genuine interest in people. I could talk for 24 straight hours uh, about things that I've seen him uh, do for people, what he's done for me. You know, to this day, I've still never accepted a job in this industry where I did not uh, confide completely at him. That's his reason is taking the uh, director of racing role to Pompano Park, and uh, he's helped me uh, tremendously. But it's, it's what he's done for everyone that I've seen. You know, the college kids at the Red Mile work in the uh, you know the broadcast room. You know, he talked to them. He took a genuine interest in all of them. You know, what's going on in their life? What are they doing in school? Remembered every one of them by name. You know, we would see him two weeks a year, and, and you know, the next year he, he remembered everything about them. How's this going? How's that going? You know, he made everyone feel like a rock star around him, as, as we all well know. You know, I remember for years we used to come on air there, Red Mile, we would do the um, pregame show downstairs. As many people know, what we call a fishbowl. It was the old gift shop, and uh, it was just a glass room that uh, you literally walk right into when you walked in the old grandstand there. And people would always uh, wait uh, until we got off the air, and, 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 and they always wanted to talk to Sam. And, you know, Sam just had that uh, – had that genuine, you know, likability about him. He he made everyone feel like a rock star. It didn't matter if it was the biggest owner in the sport or maybe it was a groom he hadn't seen in 25 years since uh, county fair in Michigan. You know, he just made everyone feel, uh, you know, so welcome around him. I mean, that same thing as you just said, Mike. I mean, from from sending, you know, just encouraging texts and things. You know, he was like a, a second father, an older brother. I, you know, it, it's just. Um, we're so privileged to have, to have had him in this industry because, believe me, you know he he could have done anything in the world and and, and been very successful. And um, you know, I feel like I got to sit sit alongside him for you know ten years or so at Red Mile. And you know, it's like I went to the Harvard School of Broadcasting, just watching him, just having a ringside seat to how he conducted himself, how he prepared, how he made everyone around him better. You know, from uh, the camera crew to the uh, broadcast team to myself to um, to everyone, and that um, doesn't mean that I'm any good, but uh, I'll tell you that, um, you know, no matter what, what your profession, you know, there aren't many people out there that can say, you know, I learned from the absolute best, and, you know, I was lucky enough to learn from the absolute best. We know he was the best at what he did and, and the best in the industry, and, um, you know, it's just such a privilege, and, and, you know, I know he said many times of how, you know, he loved coming to Lexington, and that was his favorite couple of weeks of the year, and for the last 10 years, you know, it's been in mine as well, but it's 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 not going to be the same. And you know, I do want to say that as much as we all miss him, and 
as much as it tears us up. Um, you know, I was so proud of, of Chris and his girls. You know, never a time that I would talk to him that he would not mention his family. So, you know, we need to keep them in mind. It's, it's very, very hard for them right now, too. Gabe, that was the thing about Sam. I mean, he touched so many different people, whether whether he knew him, whether he didn't know him. He always reached out to that person, um, and like you say, I mean, just a terrible, terrible loss for the industry. But uh, I think, Sam, I mean, obviously, like I was saying before, I, I think Sam lives on. When you've made that much of a mark in life where everybody remembers you and everybody has something nice to say about you, like I say, we leave footprints in life. You know what? Sam left the crater. As a matter of fact, Sam left the canyon on this earth. That's as much of an imprint, I think, that, that he left of himself. There's no question, you know, and, and, and like I said, you know, the last last you know day or so now, it's just been a day, but, uh, you know, there's not another 15 or 20 minutes that goes by that, you know, I think about something else that happened over the years or a phone call we had or this situation or that. It's just, um, you know, all, all of us have our own memories, of course, and uh, it's going to be really tough, and um, you're right, Mike. And Gabe, real quick before we let you go, um, the, the the quote that I shared um, be, before you came on, you know, about a genuine concern for other individuals making the world a better place. You know, that was the one thing about Sam that I personally know. Um, he had a general concern for everybody. When we were at the Breeders' Crown, um, you know, he made sure that Mike and I we had everything we needed. Um, but it was more than just that. It was our careers. He wanted to make sure that he could do whatever he can to help us out and to help anybody out. Yeah, he really did. And like I said, it was a genuine uh, concern for, for, you know, all, all of us, you know, the younger guys in the industry, because, you know, he, I think Sam, you know, could recognize, you know, a lot of us, you know, we had that same passion that, that he did for the sport and, uh, you know, to call us co-workers would be an insult to people who work. I mean, the two weeks in Lexington every year were like, you know, just, you know, on top of the world to, uh, to be there. And like I said, for, for me personally, just, just to, uh, you know, work alongside him and, and, and see all the best in the industry. It's just, uh, you know, we'll never forget those, those times, but yes, he, he would bring, um, bring everyone along. You know, he wanted everyone. He really, really relished in, in success. Uh, you know, a lot of maybe us younger guys, you know, when we would get uh, something good would happen to us, uh, you know, he really just, uh, you know, a day wouldn't go by, uh, that you wouldn't hear from him, and um, he really just uh, lived that up. He loved loved to see others have success. Well, Gabe, listen, we certainly appreciate you uh, taking a couple of minutes out. Uh, obviously, um, we wish it was on better terms, uh, but, uh, you know, honoring the man that we all knew um, and loved is, uh, is certainly appreciated. So we appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us a few minutes of your time. Thanks, guys. All right, that was Gabe Pruitt, the track announcer at Pompano Park, director of racing operations. Um, we're going to have Darren Zakelli join us here in about five minutes. We're going to take a very short timeout and kind of regather ourselves. When we come back, Darren Zakelli will join Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. We'll be right back. 
Northwood stands ready to serve its growing customer base in representing them at both yearling and mixed sales and in private purchases of racing and breeding stock. If you're looking into the harness racing marketplace as a buyer or seller, call Northwood today. Northwood is the most experienced and professional representation for public auction and private sales. Northwood is now accepting entries to the 2017 yearling sales. Visit them online at northwoodbloodstock.com. That's northwoodbloodstock.com. The action is always hot at Hardest Racing's Windsor Capital Pompano Park. With guaranteed pools, constant carryovers, and industry load takeouts, Pompano Park has become one of Harness Racing's greatest horse player attractions. Live racing five nights per week, Sunday through Wednesday and Saturday too, for the most time at 7.20 p.m. Eastern. Wager now at Harness Racing's Winter Capital, Pompano Park. The New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations. Racehorse Adoption Program. Russell Hill is striding clear for Brian Sears. Explosive Matter is racing in second. Symphonic Hanover third. Muscle Hill throwing away with every stride. Operation Hamiltonian complete. It's Muscle Hill 150 and 1, equaling the world record. We're back wow. on this edition. <laughs> right. You know, I, there's a reason I picked that one, actually, uh, Mike, because Darren Zakali is getting ready to come on. And uh, he w- actually went upstairs um, to do the winter circle and stuff that for that race uh, because Sam had to go down and do the presentation. And he said, Sam turned around, said, man, that was the coolest thing ever. And uh, <laughs> so DZ, uh, <laughs> we'll talk with DZ a little bit about that Uh here in just a moment, but Mike, we're going to go ahead and read some of the comments uh, we've uh, we've been getting. And Mike, I know the uh, newly elected United States Trotting Association President Russell Williams sent us an email. If uh, you want to go ahead with that, Russell writes, uh, "We should we should be sure to remember Sam's work as an announcer at many sales, many auction sales. It's a tough assignment because your opportunity to make an impression is so fleeting, measured only in seconds." It's also a tough assignment because announcements from the auction stand take precedence over what's in the catalog or any other data up to that point, so there is zero room for error. Finally, it's a tough assignment because the auctioneer can bounce the mic to you at any moment while the horse is in the ring, if it looks like emphasis from the sale announcer is needed. I've been present for many, many days of sales in Harrisburg. To the best of my recollection, Sam never missed a beat during the sale of a horse. He never made a mistake announcing, and he always made a good impression for a horse coming into the sale ring. On top of that, he had that great voice. When you heard him up there on the auction stand, you felt like things were going as well as they possibly could. I can speak for Paul Spears and Jim Simpson as well as myself when I say that whatever course Sam's recovery would have taken, we were confident that we would have our old friend well into the future. 
have we or now we have lost that and it hurts deeply. Our condolences go out to Sam's family and our thoughts will be with you. And that's from Russell C. Williams, Mike, the newly elected USTA president and the chairman of the uh, Standard Bread Horse Sales Company and, uh, of course, of Hanover Shoe Farms, Mike. We received a message uh, recently from Brett Miller uh, just coming in a few minutes ago. He says, rest easy, Sam. It was an honor knowing you, and I always felt like you were one of my biggest supporters throughout my career. I, in return, was one of your biggest fans. There are no words to describe your loss. You may be gone, but you will never be forgotten. Now, he, uh, Sam McKee, uh, I always used to sit, remember sitting in the mutual's office and hearing him say, uh, you know, when, when he said Super Brett, I, it just, you know, he could always, uh, you know, you always knew, always, always knew that uh, he had a genuine care for all the drivers uh, out there. Um, another message that we got from Facebook is from Jessica Kassar. Um, she says, uh, I met Sam when I was 18 and interning in the media relations department. He was always welcoming and more than willing to help out. That same summer after the Meadowlands closed for the season, I took a road trip with my best friend to the Meadows. She was racing in the Adios. As it turned out, Sam's best friend was shipping us out there, and Sam decided to go along for the ride. And what a ride it was. We all know how much Sam loved his country music and the whole sh- ship there. And back, he wanted to listen to this new Blake Shelton song called Old Red. It stuck with us so much that for the past 15 years, every time I'd see Sam, he would make sure to tell everyone around us the story of our road trip. After my internship was over, he looked after me. I always made it a point to visit him when he wasn't calling and was doing TV. He was willing to lend an ear when I needed it and always happy to offer advice when I asked for it. He will truly be missed by so many. I am so thankful that I was able to call him a friend. That was uh, Jessica Kassar who uh, submitted that through uh, Facebook um, uh, yesterday. Mike, we're going to turn our direction now to Darren Zakali who joins us. And Darren, the uh, the bumper to bring us back from that commercial was the Muscle Hill Hambletonian. And I know you have your own special story from that Hambletonian day. You want to share it with us? Yeah, um, absolutely, guys. First, uh, thanks for having me on to, to talk about Sam with you. Um that that was a bit of a, a wild day at the Meadowlands because um, the NBC broadcast team had contracted Ken Workington, who had typically been the voice of the Hambletonian, to do the uh, the kind of on-track report work uh, for the NBC telecast. And uh, Sam actually had to call the Hambletonian for the first time. Uh, typically, Sam would call the Meadowlands pace, and, and Ken called the Hambletonian. And um, we were kind of all spread out all over the track that day doing all of our different duties and um after the hamiltonian sam obviously goes down to the winner's circle and does the uh, the trophy presentation uh so he said to me uh you know we need somebody to, to man the announcer's booth uh just to you know read the prices and you know maybe do the post parade for the next race if i can't get back up in time so uh sam asked me to leave the tv desk and the announcer's booth so uh, I watched the Hamiltonian from the, the press box door, and uh, after it was over, I went over to the booth and knocked on the door and went in. I was the first person to see Sam after he had just called his first Hamiltonian, and you know the the just the joy on his face, and he just looked at me and said, uh, "Man, that was cool," and um, you know it just like the joy on his face. You know, here's a person 
who to me was just this titan of the sport, you know, this larger-than-life person who was experiencing a dream, and I was the first person that got to see him after it, you know, and uh, it, it was just such a moving experience for me to see somebody who was so important to me to live out a dream and, you know, to just have a very small part in that. And, uh, you know, that that's that moment is something I'm going to take with me forever for sure. Darren, Mike Bozich here. Uh, obviously, Sam influenced a lot of different people, a lot of announcers especially, always had helpful advice, always had uh, – you know, encouragement, words for encouragement. I know I, I know had several times, especially when I was at Hazel Park, Sam reached out to me when I thought I called a dud. And uh, he let me know I called a dud, but he did it in a very <laughs> nice way. Um, what was what was it about Sam, in your opinion, that made just so many different announcers and so many different people in the profession look up to him? Oh, man. I mean, where do you begin? I, you know, Sam is just... You know, beyond being an announcer, just such a, a well-liked and well-respected person by everybody. Uh, and, and, and the way the professionalism that, that he displayed in the announcer's booth, the way that he called races, you know, I, I mean, if you ever watched him do it, it, it was it was almost like watching, you know, uh, an artist, you know, paint, paint a, a masterpiece onto a canvas, just never taking his eyes off the horses, just fluid, just succinct, just concise, accurate on everything. I mean... You know, I, I, Sam Sam would be able to spot a horse switching from a pace to a trot going to the half-mile pole at the Mets. I mean, that's like I, – I don't know if people understand how difficult that is, you know, within a race to, to see that. And and Sam would spot it all the time. And, um, yeah, I, I think that he, he always gave good constructive feedback. You know, when I was up and coming and he was helping me along and he would listen to my tapes and, you know, would give me some helpful advice and – you know, would have a funny way of telling you if he didn't like something. He was never really critical about it, but let you know that, you know, something needs to be changed. And, you know, we always would have a little bit of fun back and forth. Um, I'm Sam Paul, the race uh, of one of the horses that I own with my dad, uh, a trotter by the name of Dun Dun It. And it drove Sam and Ken nuts because it was kind of a weird thing to say, Dun Dun It. And the whole, his first lifetime start, he actually finished like second at 99 to one. And, um, and Sam called him undid it the whole way through the race. So I, I kind of gave him a little bit of, of a hard time about it. And then Ken, the next time he raced, he won. And Ken called it right the whole way until the finish line. He said, done, done it, done, done it, done, did it. And then he screwed it up. And then he laughed like right at the wire because he realized he made the same mistake. So, you know, we always had fun with that. And then more recently in, in one of my last years at the Meadowlands, um, Sam Ginsburg was having a good night and Sam accidentally called him coming down to the wire, uh, Guinea Vinsberg, which for me is funny for my Italian heritage. So, you know, I would walk into the announcement booth and say, you know, I'm, I'm personally offended by that. <laughs> no, you know, you, you can't, you can't use ethnic slurs in your race, Sam. You should know that by now. You know, I mean, <laughs> we had that kind of a relationship where, where we would, you know, kid around like that. And um, but just yeah, I mean the advice that he gave, the professionalism and everything that he did. Um, you know, I, I think if beyond just race calling, if we all could live our lives the way you know closer to the way that Sam lived his, I think everything would be better. You know, Darren, it's it's funny you say that because uh, and for those of you who don't know, me and Darren are pretty close in age. And uh, Darren, I don't know if you remember this or not, but I was looking for somebody to take my fare 
uh, back in like 2006 and 2007. And I called Sam McKee, and who does he tell me to call? Darren Zakali. And so, and so uh, exactly. obviously it didn't work out. But uh, we uh, we also it's this will tell you how small the world. Now, mind you, I didn't meet Darren on Facebook until probably what three four years ago. And yeah, about both, that. I think you were trying to get up to Buffalo Raceway. Yeah, and we 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 actually applied for the same job at Ocean Downs. I had no clue who the other one was, and uh, we we mistakenly found I forget how we found out about it, but I was like, man, you know, maybe I shouldn't like this guy. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> the quote that I read, Darren, before uh, before Gabe came on, we talked about a fundamental fundamental concern for others in our individual and community lives that would go a long way in making the world the better place we so passionately dreamt of. And the one thing about Sam, and we, we let Gabe kind of talk about this a little bit and we'll, you know, we'll give you the same opportunity. The one thing about Sam, he had a genuine, genuine concern for everybody. Didn't matter who you were, didn't matter what you did, didn't matter if you were the janitor at the Meadowlands. He had a legitimate concern uh, for uh, what you did and, you know, how things went. Yeah, obviously. I mean, my relationship with Sam, you know, I mean, it began as as a 13, 14 year old kid and just somebody who I just admired and looked up to, you know, the, the track announcer at the Meadowlands for somebody coming up, you know, who just went to the racetrack with his dad. I mean, that's, you know, that, that that's a larger than life figure to somebody that age. And, you know, that grew into a friendship. And from there, it grew into, you know, us being colleagues and him being my boss in TV and then, you know, him being a mentor and, and a father-like figure to me. And, um, but you're a hundred percent right. I mean, the love that Sam had for everybody that he worked with, regardless of what they did and what job they performed at the racetrack and, you know, the, the, the mild manner and cool and collected way that he went through his job. And it's, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about this quite a bit the last 24 hours and, and having been someone who sat in so many meetings with Sam, it works so closely to Sam. And I mean, there's one time, and I literally mean one time that I can remember in all the years actually seeing Sam get upset visually at work to the point where he actually raised his voice. And I won't get into the details, but it was, it was in a meeting where Sam felt very passionate about something that he thought needed to be done. And it kind of looked like the way the meeting was going. It wasn't. And, and Sam got visibly upset. And it was, it was the first time I'd ever seen him like that. Uh, and it's the only time I ever saw him like that. And, you know, over the last 24 hours, I've, I've just been thinking to myself how, you know, that kind of sticks out in my mind because everything else that he did was done with such professionalism and was done just with such an even temper and, and, and never getting upset. And, you know, I said, I said to myself, wouldn't it be great if I could do that? You know, well, why – why do I have to fly off a handle more easier, you know, easier than Sam did? Why, why can't I just sit down and, and, you know, be able to, like, if you presented an idea to Sam, he would sit there and he would listen to you, regardless of what department you worked in. He would take all the information and, you know, Sam, the way he was, he would say, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, yep, uh, yep, I see what you're saying, yep. Um, let, me, let me throw this at you. And he would say something and say, I'll tell you what, you think about that and come back and we'll talk about it tomorrow. And that that would be that would be it. And you know, I think about that and say to myself, from a professional standpoint, you know, before I come, you know, feel the need to put a pen to paper or 
strike a key and, and, and write down any thought that comes through my mind and, you know, maybe pick my spots a little bit better, you know, and maybe, maybe be a little bit more, you know, cool headed over certain issues. And because that's, that's how Sam, that's how Sam did his job. And, you know, I mean, that would just be one more thing that Sam taught me without even having to, you know, say anything to me just from being around him. And, and that's, by the way, one of the ways that he showed his love and affection for everybody that he worked with, you know, never got mad at anybody. Never. I mean, just, you know, you could disagree on certain things. It didn't matter. You know, he didn't care. Um, cared about everything. And, I mean, just personally for me, when, when my mother-in-law was, was battling cancer and dying and, you know, he knew what we were going through and, you know, we had her at home and we're just trying to make her comfortable in our last days and, you know, just calling me every day, you know, how how are you? You know, do you need anything? Do you need me to do anything? I don't want you worrying about work. Keep your head in the right place, you know. And and just, you know, thinking about that. And, I mean, outside of my family, he was the person that called me more than anybody else. You know, my closest friends in the world that I've known my entire life. It was Sam was the guy always reaching out to me and telling me, don't worry about your job. It'll be here whenever you want to come back to it and things like that. And, you know, that's just – and Sam would have been like that with anybody. You know, him and I had a very special relationship and it was a relationship for a very long time. And like I said in the article I wrote, you know, I owe everything to him. I mean, from picking up the phone, like you talked about, Mike, the amount of times you picked up a phone for me, you know, I could write a book. And uh, I, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. Darren Zocali, we appreciate you joining us once again. That's a great article, by the way. I'm glad you mentioned that. Check it out at the DRF Harness. Darren, we appreciate it, buddy. Thank you very much for having me on, guys. God bless. Mike, have you ever in your lifetime, and I know I'm a little bit older than you, not much, just a little, Mike, just a little. <laughs> Have you? Do you ever remember in your lifetime anybody or anybody that has gotten the the response of somebody like a Sam McKee? I mean, you go through the Facebook. Um, my timeline yesterday was just jam-packed with nothing but great positive stories about Sam McKee. And we're, as a matter of fact, we've got some voicemails that we're going to play here in just a little bit. But do you remember anybody like that in your lifetime just putting his mark, leaving his mark on this earth quite like Sam? No, to be quite honest with you, I, I haven't. And, uh, you know, it, it's just when – I, when I got the uh, phone call yesterday – Mike, it, it you know it just it hit me, and I knew how many other people it would affect. And um, you know, I, I've never seen somebody who is so loved by everybody. Nobody has a bad word to say about Sam McKee, and uh, you know that that's because there wasn't anything bad. He was a legitimate person, one hundred percent of the time. Well, if anybody. Over the next few minutes, and I know we, we still have some, some things to take care of. We want to play the voicemails. I know we have some more Facebook messages that we're going to read um, from people that uh, that chimed in with us over the last day. But uh, we're going to do something that we never do on this program. If anybody wants to call in, uh, the guest call-in number, uh, which is right on – it's right on Blog Talk Radio, right on the front there. Uh, if you listen to us via that medium, it's 805 area code 285-9792. So it's 805 area code 
800-646-9792. If you'd like to give us a call here over the next couple of minutes, um, you know, and, and chime in about maybe your favorite race call, or your favorite Sam moment. And, uh, you know, hey, we'll talk about it a little bit, but uh, we'll, we'll take a time out when we come back. We do want to play some of the voice messages. Plus uh, we'll uh, also read some of the Facebook messages as well. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. The new Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program places retired racehorses into approved monitored homes and transitions them into second careers. New Vocations has placed over 350 retired standard breads the past three years. They are now accepting horses from all racetracks in the United States. New Vocations has facilities in Ohio, Kentucky, and Pennsylvania and is expanding to New York. To learn more, visit newvocations.org and on Facebook at New Vocations racehorse adoption program here at the stable our mission is to provide fair market for owners of yearlings while giving investors the most informative way to purchase all of or part of a horse the stable will cater to all budgets by having an open fractional buying market and a flat rate billing system at the stable, we aim to minimize the risk in buying and maximize the benefit of selling. Visit thestable.ca or give Anthony McDonald a call at 519-400-4263. That's 519-400-4263. It's thestable.ca. After last year's record-setting season, Running Aces Casino and Racetrack in beautiful Minnesota is gearing up for its 10th anniversary season of live harness racing action from May 20th to September 16th this year. Come join the first-class racing at our top-notch facility. For horsemen, stall applications are available starting February 15th and are due by March 15th. For racing fans, Running Aces will also be adding more excitement with additional new multi-race wagers this season. You can find our product at most simulcasting facilities across North America and on your favorite ADW site. For simulcasting agreements, contact Ben Flum at Running Aces. Don't miss any of the action. For more information, visit our website, runaces.com. Racing returns to the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono on Saturday, March 18th. Opening night post time is 6.30 p.m. with a chance to win up to $100 in live racing vouchers. Grab your program, drop the attached registration coupon in the box of the clubhouse lobby, and winning names will be announced after races 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 10. Racing continues in March on the 21st, 25th, 26th, and 28th. Get the full schedule at MoheganSunPocono.com. Get ready for another record-breaking season at the Downs. Comes now tipping to the outside, so the battle is on with 316s to go. Queen Serene on the inside, Passionate Glide trying to slingshot by, and these two are slugging it out toe to toe. It's Passionate Glide, Pierce waves bye bye, and Passionate Glide will do it. Queen Serene back in second, Passionate Glide, a Philly for the ages, takes the Philly fraternity in 153. We're back on uh, Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. 
And uh, I remember that race call like it was yesterday, Mike, uh, and still laughs at it uh, to this day. Let's go through some of these uh, Facebook posts, Mike. Uh, once again, uh, if anybody would like to call, we'll, we're going to open up the phone lines. 805-285-9792 is the number. It's area code 805-285-9792. So uh, if you want to chat for a couple of minutes about Sam, maybe with your favorite race call or favorite memory, please give us a call. Uh, Sharon Walker writes, Sam will be missed. He was such an advocate for amateur racing, a fellow Michigander. This is from his interview with Kelly Walker back in 2013. She sent us a photo, by the way, of uh, amateur driver Kelly Walker in the, in the sulky at the Meadowlands. And that was just before post time for the first amateur race of the night. Such a great guy, always looking for ways to improve and refresh the sport. And a great announcer. Our deepest sympathy to his family. Um, Lewis Willis wrote, I never met Mr. McKee, but his amazing calls will live forever. He could make a $5,000 claimer sound like the Meadowlands pace. He made you part of the race without making himself the focal part of it, like so many others do. He will be missed greatly. And uh, Don Deems uh, writes, I am heartbroken to hear of Sam's passing. I didn't know him personally, but my family was introduced to him in the 1980s at Raceway Park in Toledo. Our tough stallion, Delso, had a magical season, one particular year winning 12 of 30 races sam called every single race with precision and exuberance the racing office even made us a cassette tape with the horses races from that year so we could listen over and over my condolences go out to sam's family and friends mike Derek gibner just uh sent me a uh, private message he says simply put sam had a way of making every person feel special i haven't felt um um, he said, I haven't felt this uh, bad since my dad died nearly 15 years ago. Sam was that special of a person. Um, we've got some uh, we got some voice messages. We've got a couple more of these uh, coming up. Again, the phone lines are open for those of you who want to call in, 805-285-9792. We're going to be on the air for probably about another 15 minutes. Um, we uh, we uh, said in our press release that this was going to be an abbreviated show, and it is. Uh, we're just, you know, we want to touch on it. Um, the best we can and uh you know try to help each other move on currently um while we're waiting on mike to pull up those voicemails um currently there are no uh, arrangements set in stone uh, we're waiting on um obviously the family to prepare those um once we do have those we will uh make those available to you once they're made available to the u.s trotting association and um of course, through uh, through Sam's obituary, uh, Mike. Um, you still need a second? Yeah, I'm trying to get these voicemails up. I'm going to go ahead and play these. Uh, I'm just going to play these uh, straight off the uh, the phone here because I think it definitely gives it more of a a feeling added emotion. We had uh, so many of these, Mike, when we were doing our Sam McKee's race to recovery, and uh, obviously with such short notice, we don't have as many. But uh, we still definitely have some of these, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, you can probably hear that in the background, but that's okay. This is a little bit of a different show, so let's listen. Sam McKee, your smile, your crisp, clear, concise, unbelievable voice will be certainly missed at the Meadowlands and throughout the country in the harness racing industry. This is Lou Monaco freelance writer for um, a lot of different media outlets and also U.S. Trotting. I helped with the Hamiltonian for a couple of years, and uh, 
your smile and your dealings with me are will never be forgotten. You will be missed. I want to thank. I want to uh, send prayers and condolences to your entire family, and uh, it's just a very, very sad loss for the industry, uh, for the Meadowlands, obviously, for us as fans and as writers. Thanks for everything, and uh, we will certainly miss you, Sam. Saved message. Hi, it's Jennifer Starr, the briefing marketing manager at the Downs at Mohegan Sun Pocono. I tried and tried to think of something appropriate to say about Sam McKee that everybody else has already said. A tribute to him. He was an incredible announcer. He was a definite gentleman. He was kind. He was compassionate. But the thing that I remember most about him was his camaraderie and his teamwork. With Sam, he was working for opposing tracks. There was no, you and we are against each other. It was everybody works together for the common goal. And that's what I was raising. And that's what I liked most about him. He was so wonderful to work with. I will miss him every day. And every race that goes out on the track, we will think about him. Sam, you were one in Saved message. Yes, uh, Drew Dukowski, honest racing fan, uh, remembering Sam McKee as probably one of the nicest and greatest men I ever knew and a great race caller. I remember going to Raceway Park for the first time and actually getting started in the honest racing was probably because of Sam. So God bless him and keep charging on. Message saved. Saved message. My name's Russ Solis, and I'm from San Antonio, Texas, and I just want to set my thoughts and prayers out to the uh, Mickey family. I know he was a big part of the Meadowlands, and uh, as a harness racing fan in Texas, where there is no harness racing, I'm honored to say I uh, was one of the first track I ever visited was the Meadowlands, and I got to visit uh, that track and got to hear him call races in person. So uh, tough loss for the horse racing community, harness racing in general. Thoughts and prayers to his family. Replay this message. Saved. Saved message. This is Ken Workington. It's certainly a sad day for the industry of harness racing. Shock, devastated, disbelief, and certainly sadness. Dan McKee was a modern day Mr. Harness Racing. He was the Meadowlands. He could do it all. Talented guy, passionate, positive, and a real, a, a true Hall of Famer, a great person, and a true friend to many a great family man, and, and somehow uh, Sam will always be with us. Our deepest condolences to his family, and we will certainly never forget Sam McKee. Those are just some of the voice messages, and uh, I have a few more that uh, we're going to play on perhaps the other side. Something that you wanted uh, to share with us? Yeah, this was a story I think uh, I think needed to be shared, and it's from track announcer at Pocado Raceway, Jim Baviglia, and you know, Jim uh, had the chance to call the Breeders' Crown a few years back, and this is his story. He said, when I first had the chance to call the Breeders' Crown, Sam McKee was chosen to share the calling duties with me. I had never met him and didn't know what to expect. I worried he might try to big-time me, as he was the more experienced professional. Then the night before the crown, my voice went. 
I thought for sure Sam would plead with management to take over the calling duties all by himself, which would have been justified. Instead, when we met, he saw and he saw my predicament, he began to encourage me, telling me I could get through it. And so with Sam cheering me on, I took some Ludens and did my best. Toward the end of the night, I had one more big race to call, but my voice was in tatters. I asked Sam if he would take the race for me. He insisted I fight through it, pumping me up because he knew what kind of opportunity it was. I got through it and got to call an unforgettable performance, which never would have happened without Sam McKee. At a time like this, I don't really have the words to express how much that meant to me or how deeply sorry I am to Sam's family and friends for their loss. So let me quote from somebody more eloquent than myself. There's some people that you don't forget, even though you've only seen them one time or two. In the end, my sweet friend, I'll remember you. That's Jim Baviglia, the track announcer at Mohegan Sun Pocono Downs. Very powerful. Uh, Mike, we've got uh, Mark Gilfull from the Kentucky Racing Commission uh, who would like to say a couple of words. Mark, uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, this, I wanted to thank you all for doing what you're doing with your with your radio show today. That uh, means a lot. Uh, basically, I just want to, from Kentucky, want to send out condolences to his family and uh, tell everybody out there how much Sam meant to us in Kentucky during Grand Circuit. And uh, we always look forward to him coming into town. I was presiding judge at the Red Mile for years before I moved into the office. And uh, Sam, was he was unlike anybody else. You know, I've, I've been around racetrack pretty much my whole life and been a race official for probably 105 years of it anyway and you know you don't you don't have announcers that come to the and every morning you know sam would stop by the judge's office he would go into the race secretary's office he would go to the clerk of course's office you'd see him out front chatting with some horsemen you know he, he just he made his rounds and um he made everybody feel like they were the most important person in the world and he's just a. I can't say enough good things about sam um and some of the good times we had in, in the judges stand at the red mile you know he was there when uh and Pierce is either famous or infamous, depending on which way you look at it. Wave bye bye in the right. in the race off, <laughs> and after yeah. that race was over with, I remember he comes downstairs. He opened the judge's door and he looked at me. He goes, "Well, I, won't, I wouldn't want to be you tomorrow." <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, he just did it. Listening to it, he was, you know, everybody talks about how great of an announcer he was, and he was. He's the best best I've ever heard. He was even a better storyteller. You know, we you know, we we sitting at the in the judges stand in between races. You know, it was all business when the races are going on. But in between races, he would come down and we would we would cut up and just listen to some of his stories. And and you know, he can he'd tell a story. He got up in the morning and went to the mailbox and he'd have you on the floor laughing. He just he's he's just a, a superior. Not only was a superior announcer, he was a superior storyteller. But great I just want to reach out and just say, you know, Mark, from great, Kentucky, great, how much hey, we Mark, really great, really great announcer and and great announcer and a greater person, no question. Yes, and they just uh, send our condolences to his family, and and just it's a uh, you know they always say there's a there's a there's a reason for everything, and I, I'm I guess a lot of people are like me right now. I'm trying to figure out what the reason is, but hey, we'll all get to see him one day, hopefully. Thank you, buddy. Uh huh. Thank y'all. All right, that was uh, Mark from the uh, the uh, Kentucky Racing Commission, obviously. Uh, Sam McKee was the announcer at the Grand Circuit, the Red Mile, uh, there for uh, quite a few years, the championship meet, working with our guy, Gabe Pruitt. And that just goes to show, Mike, how many different people that uh, Sam touched. And he brought up a great point about Sam being a great storyteller. I uh, 
I know Sam has told me a lot of uh, a lot of great stories, a few that uh, I probably shouldn't even share on the air, Mike. But uh, nonetheless, uh, that just goes to show you right there, Mike, how many people uh, in great ways that Sam has touched. Yeah, definitely. Well, Mike, we're going to take uh, one final time out. We've got he, we want to play his interview with us. Um, that where he won the post time with Mike and Mike race call of the year award uh, earlier this year. And I remember getting a text from him and he said, I'd like to thank the Academy when we were talking about nominations and uh, you know, he, he, just, he had a lot of fun uh, with, with that award and uh, we'll have that and much more on the backside of this commercial break. It'll be a quick timeout. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by bet America. Now at bet America, every track is a bonus track. Earn rewards points for every wager you make on every track. We also offer more points for all exotic wagers. And don't forget about our weekly promos. Check our calendar to see how you can earn double points on featured tracks and races. Sign up for Bet America today to start earning points and get up to a $400 bonus with our new 200% deposit match. See our website for reward points, state restrictions. Embroidery Unlimited is a premier provider of quality embroidery, screen printing, and promotional products. Our commitment to quality and pride in our work is second to none. We focus on quality and customer service. For all of your stable or business needs, Embroidery Unlimited is the number one provider in harness racing. Give Jim Winsky a call at 508-485-5522. That's 508-485-5522. Or visit them on the internet at EmbroideryUNL.com. That's EmbroideryUNL.com. Embroidery Unlimited. Consider who we are. According to the 2010 equine census, we are 28,340 people with 81,000 horses on 16,040 properties that comprise 587,000 acres. Our assets are $5.6 billion. Our direct operating expenses are $363 million. And our economic impact has never been accurately measured, but is in the billions. We are every breed and every discipline in the horse world, and we are the place where many of those disciplines began in these United States. We are the Maryland Horse Council. For more information, visit mdhorsecouncil.org. That's mdhorsecouncil.org. Northwood stands ready to serve its growing customer base in representing them at both yearling and mixed sales and in private purchases of racing and breeding stock. If you're looking into the harness racing marketplace as a buyer or seller, call Northwood today. Northwood is the most experienced and professional representation for public auction and private sales. Northwood is now accepting entries to the 2017 yearling sales. Visit them online at northwoodbloodstock.com. That's northwoodbloodstock.com. 
for the stretch. Van Bick is digging in. Mr. Muscle Man charging hard, and he takes the lead with an eighth of a mile to go. Cashall is three lengths from him in third. He's striking on the outside fourth. It's Mr. Muscle Man who's drawing clear at the edge of the toe board. Cashall getting up towards second. Mr. Muscle Man again in the Titan Cup. Cashall second. Van Bick third. One, 51 and three, equaling the stakes record. Well, that was the 2005 Titan Cup where uh, Mr. Muscle Man uh, drew off and won. But the more important part of that race call, Mike, was the uh, inf- the infamous charging hard. Yeah, one of Sam's favorite sayings. As a matter of fact, I had a chance. Larry Letterman was, uh, is calling today at Freehold, and I had a chance to hear his first race. Uh, and, of course, Larry is one of Sam's greatest friends. And, uh, well, I'll tell you, a tough time had by uh, Larry Letterman trying to get through that. And he mentioned Sam's name, I believe, a couple of times during that race call. So uh, I know that uh, announces across the country. I know Pete Aiello, um, Mike, I don't know if you had a chance to see that. Pete Aiello kind of paid tribute to Sam in uh, one of his race calls at Gulfstream Park. So hats off to Pete. But uh, you'll be uh, probably hearing a lot of different announcers give their rendition to one of Sam's calls, kind of like their own tribute, paying their own tribute. Uh, coming up over uh, the next couple of days, so hats off to uh, them guys as well. Mike, I think it's uh, we're going. What we're going to do now is we're going to play the interview. Of course, Sam was the 2016 um, winner of the uh, the 2016 race call of the year in post time with Mike and Mike. The call we've heard it many times before. We've heard it on this very program. The infamous 146. Should I say infamous or famous? It's definitely famous. The 146 always be Mickey calling. Without further ado, Mike, let's relive that interview that we did with Sam McKee back on awards day just a couple of months ago. And the winner of the 2016 Race Call of the Year Award is... Sam McGee! Always be Mickey leads the way. Shambhala well within striking range is right with him in second. Three quarters and one nineteen and four. So they come to the top of the stretch. It's always be Mickey in front and he eases away to a two-length lead. Shambhala is tipped to the outside in second. All bets off racing in third. Always be Mickey is full out. Shambhala trying to track him down on the outside. All bets off on the far outside. Always be Mickey pacing home strongly. Shambhala second. Always be Mickey is heading down to the line. Always be Mickey in 146! Well, there it is. The race call of the year goes to Sam McKee, and Sam is joining the program now. Sam McKee, talk to us a little bit about that 146 mile and how the heck we were able to call any more races after that. Well, it didn't take too long to call it since we only went in 146, so it flew by pretty quick. But you know something, guys? It's the race that makes the race. And, and I mean, just to describe the actions that unfolds is, is just our job, and it's just the opportunity to, um, you know, 
be involved with races like that and, and everything else. It was the horse that put on the show and everything. And just to be a small part of it was really cool. Just a couple of things, Sam. First of all, and we got the list of nominees and we were looking it over. Mike Carter made you nine nine to one on the morning line to win that award. That was number one. <laughs> number Thanks number two. Story. Number two, uh, for winning this award, Mike is going to send you a complimentary two dollars show bet next year. Now the only thing is they have to be three to five or under and it has to be post one and a half mile track. So so <laughs> It's just so you know what you're getting here. He could just send me the nickel and just be over and done with it. That would work out. <laughs> That's right. Sam, listen, we, Sam, we've had you on the show before, and uh, and we've talked a little bit about your career, but it's been a while since you've been on the program. And let's go back to, to square one. Talk a little bit about how you got started as an announcer and uh, kind of how you even got started in the sport of harness racing in general. My family, my father and grandfather used to race standard breads at the uh, county fairs in Michigan. And it was just a, a total hobby. And they did everything themselves from shoeing to growing their own grain and hay and everything else. And so the, as a little kid, I'd hang around with them and go to the county fairs and spend as much time as I could in the barn. And I was just fascinated by the announcers. So from the time I was very young, I'd run these uh, little toy horses around in a circle on the living room floor and announce races. So it was something I wanted to do right from the get-go. Um, when I was 10, we went, or no, when I was six, we went to the Little Brown Jug in, in Delaware, Ohio, which is um, the first year that Roger Houston worked there in 1968. And Rum Customer won the jug, and Roger Houston was the, the coolest announcer and the greatest announcer I'd ever heard in my life. So when I was 10, I wrote him a fan letter. And he sent me some tapes, and we kept kept in touch. And in 76, when I was 14, I actually went out and stayed with him and family at the Meadows to announce qualifying races. And if it weren't for the doors that he opened for me and the opportunities he gave me, I probably wouldn't be in the business. Well, Sam, listen, uh, we, we certainly appreciate everything uh, you do for – uh, the sport of harness racing. Uh, it seems like you're all over the place. You're at the Red Mile. You're at the Little Brown Jug. You're at the uh, You, uh, I have looked up to you since I started my race calling. We, uh, we're certainly uh, grateful, uh, both of us, to uh, have you uh, have you as part of our careers in the sport of harness racing. They call me the Paycheck Bandit. So many different places to work. At least <laughs> that's my nickname by some of the guys in the lands. But just been in the right place at the right time and as you guys know because you're in this business it's about opportunity and things have really fallen my way and you know um who's kidding who if john bothy didn't have his problems at the meadowlands i'd probably be selling shoes in detroit right now so it's going to turn out in life and for me that it's just been a wonderful experience that's right, Sam. You were back at the old uh, Detroit race course, the old Wolverine race course back in uh, Michigan when uh, Michigan was going full steam ahead uh, back at the old Michigan days. And and uh, I'll tell you what, I certainly miss the old Michigan days and, and I wish they would come back. If Michigan ever got expanded gaming, I'd still probably be there to this day, but that uh, is going to be a very, very tough fight for them. Sam, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. It was a tremendous race call, but all your race calls are tremendous. Every one of your race calls could probably be nominated for the uh, for the race call of the year, but that was a, a great one in 146. And uh, I could tell you, I, I think you were surprised, but I don't think you were that surprised that Always Be Mickey did that, were you? Well, talking about it before the race, if you think about the frat, you probably need to, to go to the 
26 in small change. They after 52, 52 in small change, and he got there that fast, so he was right on target. Three quarters probably need to be at about 119. Then if he bases Omen 27 and four, he at least equals the you know 46 and four world record. So in the three quarters, we're up at 19 and change. I thought, wow, maybe he's not quite going to get there. But he was so strong the stretch, and Mike. The place was going crazy. The crowd was just going nuts, and everybody was on their feet, and it was like bedlam. And just watching the horse come on, he's so strong and just paces so strong. And I thought he had a shot. Then when he hit the wire in 146, it was, like, unbelievable. All right. Well, Sam, we appreciate you joining us. Hats off. You've got the 2016 race call of the year, despite Carter making you 99-1 at the beginning. It was a huge upset, but Sam, you, you pulled it off, and your complimentary $2 show wager is on its way to you. Fantastic, and I will make sure I bronze that nickel. Thanks, Carter. <laughs> Take care, buddy. Okay, guys. Thank you. Well, that was turning back the clock a little bit. Sam McKee, not too long ago, just a couple of months ago and uh, Mike we were just kind of chatting back and forth the, while we were playing that interview how much fun that interview was and just I mean god how cool of a guy Sam McKee was yeah you know it's uh you know going back and listening to that like you said we were both going back talking to each other and we both said the same thing man how much fun was this interview uh with uh with Sam McKee and uh as we we've got uh, one more voicemail that we want to share, and then we're gonna kind of take things off the air. Our closing bumper today is going to be a, a special uh, race call from um, from Sam McKee, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, we'll get to that here in just a moment. It was funny though. Uh, I want to share one more story. Uh, I, I told Sam that um, his. Uh, post time with Mike and Mike award was on its way. And Mike, he said, just in time for Christmas, he goes, let me know where I can, where, where the host hotel is so we can book our room for the awards banquet. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it just, uh, and then I asked him, I said, did you get your reward? He said, yes. And thanks. He said, but the check for the nickel wasn't in there. Ah <laughs> so, uh, well, see, yeah, yeah you got to send the promise nickel. somebody money and not, uh, not deliver on it. By the way, Mike, I think it's safe to say, that uh, from here on forward, that the the race call of the year will now be the Sam McKee race call of the year. So I think uh, it really goes without saying, but uh, that's that's uh, you know what it's going to be. So anyway, um, I've got one more voicemail that I want to play, and I know you've got a, a race that uh, that you want to get going. So uh, let's uh, let me cue this up here. Here we go. Hi, my name is Cliff Paddock. I was a small-time harness race owner who uh, got lucky enough to have a big-time horse named Janice Choice, who raced exclusively at the Meadowlands. I want to say I'm devastated at the loss of Sam McKee. I cherish the uh, race he made for my horse, Janice Choice, as well as uh, many others, of course. Uh, he's definitely uh, one of the best ever, in my opinion, the, uh, the private harness race call that I like. And I've been watching harness races for uh, almost 60 years. Uh, he'll be sorely missed. Uh, just a very friendly guy, always with a congratulatory uh, pat on the back after my horse won. And um, uh, I best. Uh, he's really going to be missed in this sport. He was awesome. And uh, I, um, my condolences go out to uh, the entire harness racing world, uh, especially his family. 
Yep, no doubt about it. Sam McKee was awesome, and I think that's a a good way to close it, Mike. But uh, on behalf of all of us, on behalf of my family, condolences out to the McKee family and uh, all of his friends. God bless each and every one of you, and, uh, you know, that's it, Mike. Yeah, the uh, the the one last quote that I want to read uh, before we uh, end this show, um, it comes from the owners of Kentucky Derby winner Barbaro from 2007, and the words echoed that day was, grief is the price we all pay for love. Sam, we miss you. We love you, and we'll see you one day. We'll see you next week on Post Time with Mike and Mike. Presented by Bet America. We're going to let Sam close out the show. One of the greatest trophies in the sport of harness racing, the Meadowlands Pace. Our signature event at the Big M, 1.1 million on the line, and the gate is moving. A field of nine, three-year-old pacers at the post. They're all in behind the gate, and here they come for the start of the Meadowlands pace. And they're off mucho sleazy is under urging from Dave Miller from mid-pack. Some beach somewhere looking to protect position floats away there. Artificial to his outside. Bullville powerful is four wide on the opening turn to share the light shoots through. He's now racing in third. Sand Shooter gets away in sixth. Racing in seventh. Badlands Nitro at Tokyo second last. Tis a masterpiece. The trailer. Mucho sleazy in front. Artificial up on the outside to challenge. Bullville powerful is following him. The quarter in 26 seconds flat. And some beach somewhere is tracking the cover of Bullville Powerfall. He's second over on the outside, and they're rolling pretty good as Artificial takes the lead. But up on the outside, Bullville Powerful coming to call. He pokes ahead in front, and here comes the big horse. Some beach somewhere. He's three wide on the backstretch for Paul McDonnell. Mucho Sleazy is racing in fourth. Share the delight five lengths further back. Fifth, 51 and four. Amazing half here, and three wide. Some beach somewhere. He powers up now to take the lead as they move on to the far turn. Artificial is stretching him out and now back in second. Mucho Sleazy racing in third. Bullville Powerful drops back on the outside. Share the delight is fourth at the rail. Sand Shooter is racing in sixth. Then it's Badlands Nitro. Some beach somewhere was used very hard. He's under a hand drive. McDonnell shakes the lines at him. Artificial sticking right with him. One, 19 and one. Some beach somewhere leads it by two. Artificial tips to the outside trying to get to him an eighth of a mile away some beat somewhere under pressure artificial up to his wheel on the outside some beat somewhere full out artificial a desperate lunge on the outside artificial some beat somewhere at the line artificial 147 world record upset in the pace to the outside trying to get to him an eighth of a mile away some beat somewhere under pressure artificial up to his wheel on the outside some beat somewhere full out artificial a desperate lunge on the outside artificial some beat somewhere at the line artificial 147 world record upset in the pace 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.